This show contains movie spoilers and swearing. And welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host, RJ McCready, and for this episode, we're going to be talking about a horror classic going back to 1980, and that is The Shining. So, I thought it'd be good to do a movie like that, especially for the uh, horror season being October. And joining me today for the show, it's been a little while, is um, the international man of mystery himself. Some say that. He was once bitten by a snake, and after a few days, the snake died. So there you go, it's the man of mystery. It's Kung Fu Dave. Hello, 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 everybody. Hello. I've not, it's been a while, hasn't it, since I've been on the show, but um, it's been yeah, a long time. back, isn't it? Yeah, it's been a long time, mate. It's, uh, yeah. Back. And uh, I think I messaged you, and I said, you know, what's your, you know, pick a horror movie, and you've picked The Shining. So, uh, what a film. Uh, yeah, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't think of a better movie, mate. So, yeah. um, Shall we uh, jump onto a trailer, mate, and jump onto this? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's um, let's go to the Overlook Hotel. Let's go to that isolation. We will play you guys a trailer, and we will be back soon. I don't suppose they uh, told you anything in Denver about the tragedy we had up here during the winter of 1970. Well, a man named Charles Grady is the winter caretaker, and he came up here with his wife and two little girls, I think about eight and ten. From what I've been told, I mean, he seemed like a completely normal individual. But at some point during the winter, he must have suffered some kind of a complete mental breakdown. He ran amok and uh, killed his family with an axe. You can rest assured, Mr. Ullman, that's not going to happen with me. Mom? Yeah? Do you really want to go and live in that hotel for the winter? Sure I do. It'll be lots of fun. Yeah, I guess so. For some people, uh, solitude and isolation can of itself become a problem. Welcome back. So the synopsis of this film is a fairly long synopsis, so bear with me. A family heads to an isolated hotel for winter, where a sinister presence influences the father into violence. While his psychic son sees horrific forebodings from both past and future. It was made in 1980, it's got 8.4 on IMBD, which is very high. And it's got a runtime of two hours. Well, in Europe it was a two-hour runtime, and internationally it's got a two and a half hour runtime. Um, so depending on which cut you have a look at. So, um, Dave, The Shining. Yeah, yeah, what a, what a film. Yeah. When, um, when did you first watch this film? Uh, it's, I mean, probably in 2005. Yeah. I think I'm. I was at school. 
someone mentioned, um, yeah, you need to watch this film called The Shining. I mean, I was, I'm a bit younger than you, RJ, so... Oh, yeah, um, check that one in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was a bit younger then, but, um, yeah, I was pretty about 2005, and someone said, oh, it's a terrifying film. Mm. Sort of getting into uh, horror films back then. Um, and I watched it, and I thought, God, what a mind fuck, eh? Honestly. Yes, what an is. absolute mind fuck that film is. <laughs> So let's uh, before I tell you about what I think about this film, just out of interest, because you watched this in two thousand and five, and as you just said, you're a bit younger than me, so it's like a father and son conversation that we're having today. Yeah. <laughs> you're not that old, yeah. No, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just jesting. Mate. <laughs> I'll take you down the, I'll take you down the sweet shop. Are you going to be buying on my first pie as well? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Um, but um, so, what what I'm interested to find out here is what other horror films had you been introduced to before you watched The Shining? Just out of curiosity, is there anything that comes to mind? I think well, it was modern films back then. I mean, do you remember a film called The Dreamcatcher? Well, that's a, yeah. Funny enough, um, that's a Stephen King adaptation, I think, isn't it? I think Dreamcatcher. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a bit crazy, wasn't it? it was a, those sort of films, like sort of, it's got a lot of visual kind of interpretation for you to work out yourself. Yeah, um, I really sort of got gripped into it when I watched that film because that the Dreamcatcher was odd, was some odd scenes, and it was all a bit. It was all to do with the mind, wasn't it? And, yeah. Um, and some sort of entity that was, you know... Pfft. Yeah, God, I can't really explain it to be honest. But yeah, well, this is it. Yeah, I mean, this is. I mean, it's interesting what you said. You picked the um, Dreamcatcher film, which is... I'm sure it's a King ad- adaption. Pretty sure it is. But again, you mentioned, like, there's an entity in the film. And this is quite, off, this is quite a common thing with uh, King novels is there's usually some type of entity um and you've got say like you've got christine haven't you with the car yeah. so you've got some sort of entity that's possessed the car but you don't possibly there's a dead body in the back of that car that's possessing it um and then you've got like carrie with the telekinesis thing so um there's always this hidden um entity in these movies um, and like I say obviously with The Shining uh, you do come away with that um, I mean for me what I'd say is with The Shining is um, I didn't watch it until I was in my late teens so I was right. a little bit of a latecomer to this film and on the lead up to that I'd watch films like um, uh, Friday the 13th um, Nightmare on Elm Street, Return of the Living yep. Dead, um, even stuff like American Werewolf in London, which was were, were big hitters, uh, Night of the Living Dead. And what, what I'm going to say here with those films is that uh, you know what you know what the badness or you know what the antagonist is in that film. So with Nightmare, you've got you know Bon Appetit, you know <laughs> Freddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, yeah, and and they're good films, and they've also got really good soundtracks, and they're very sort of punk, and um, yeah. you come away with a lot of nostalgia for it. So then, when I watched The Shining, I was like, "What the hell is this film?" You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, uh, initially, I wasn't really taken to it, but but later on, as I've rewatched it, I've then come away and I thought, actually, no, this is a clever film. Um, because it's about um, isolation and like you said you know someone going going mad and it, it, it is really um, when you look at it it's it's a puzzle isn't it Which yeah is I think yeah you're right I mean it it still confuses me now when I watch it hmm. and I'm always sort of after I watch it I mean I've probably seen it about 10 times but after I watch it I always try and research really what is going on with this film I mean um <laughs> There's so many sort of metaphorical. How to explain it? It's, it's, it's the whole thing is a, is a metaphor, isn't it? I think. Yeah. To, I mean, the other night when I watched it, it was um, someone wrote an article on the internet. It was about it 
sort of representing someone's brain. This hotel representing someone's brain, and they've done something something wrong, mm-hmm. um, and it's had like an impact impact on their mental health, um, and it's essentially made um, <laughs> made them go a bit sort of stir crazy. Um, yeah, once for a better word, but yeah, it, which I can understand that as yeah. a metaphor because sort of isolation and um, you know being a bit lost and a bit confused about what's happened um, and then it ended up ending badly for for, for obviously um, Jack Nicholson um, and yeah it's strange it's a strange strange really strange film but amazing at the same time um, it always spins always gives off some kind of um, new approach to uh, what the story is trying to say hmm. uh, if you get my drift Oh, absolutely, yeah. and I think that can depend on what mind state you're in at the time. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you can watch The Shining um, if you, I don't know, even if you've had an abrievement or something or you're feeling a bit shit about something uh, or something's happened in your life, and at that point you could watch The Shining and probably interpret it in some ways. Um, yeah. I think that's what's clever about this film, so you could probably have... You could probably do an experiment and have 10 people in the room and put them in booths and watch the signing and then get a piece of paper and say, write your interpretation down. Yeah. And everybody would write possibly something different to how they watched this film. Um, and I think that's what I was trying to say, um, is what separates this from the other horror, some of the other mainstream horror films um, is, you know, for example, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, You've got a, you've got, you've got um, Freddy Krueger, who is, you know, you know, a fucking psychopath in that movie, and generally you know where you're going with that. But with this film, it's it can go down lots and lots of different avenues. I.e., you know, with the telekinesis, Jack Jack Torrance's um, character is is very steadily going mad, and then obviously his wife, who's like the suffering wife, so it's almost mm. like a it's almost like a type of domestic abuse as well here, isn't it? In some some ways, um, yeah, for yeah. her. Um, and then, of course, you've got, like you said, you've got the hotel itself, which is kind of like a a puzzle box, isn't it? And I like what you said there, where it's almost like being inside someone's head. Yeah. Um, and I'd say, I'd say you're in Jack Torrance's head. With, with the Overlook Hotel and the, the actual name of the hotel the Overlook is probably some sort of metaphor for something where something's being overlooked um, you know whether that's Jack Torrance's head you know yeah, no absolutely yeah I completely uh, agree with you yeah and it, then when you really good way. and then there's you know there's some scenes in it where um, there's a really good documentary called Room 237 which really go, you know cuts all this down and they're even talking about scenes where uh, Jack and his wife and his son go to the hotel and he's having a meeting with the manager. And the actual meeting room doesn't correspond with the hotel. So when you look at a back window, it shouldn't actually be there. Um, and then there's pieces of furniture which are kind of interpretations to other things. Right. Um, so they do mention, this is worth mentioning as well, the... Um, they say that the, the hotel was built on an, uh, an Indian graveyard, American Indian graveyard. Um, so there could be a reference there to, uh, you know, spirits uh, okay. uh, that yeah. are unsettled because of obviously, you know, what's happened in the past on the American turf, you know. Yeah. Uh, which is something else which has been brought up in other films a little bit later on, which is the film Poltergeist, you know, Indian graveyard. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, that was a bit crazy. That film as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. A crazy tree go mental. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I can see where they got that from. To be honest, hell of a movie. Um, hell of a movie. Um, but again, what's different between about Poltergeist is that you kind of the audience knows that there is a um, spiritual entity, um, which they kind of. I think they. I think you. you you get on board with that quite quick with that movie, don't you? With the chairs moving around, and um, but yeah. then, like I say, with this film, it, as soon as you open that door to 
something like that it then leads you down to another um place and i suppose that's the other thing here isn't it where there's so many sort of different rooms that you go into in the hotel it's you, you think it's one thing and then it goes on to another doesn't it <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. i mean you, you've got that i'm going to jump around with this film i'm not going to do it. anybody listening guys I don't, i'm not going to do this one in chronological order today um, I don't think we can, can we? It's a bit mad. <laughs> no, and I think that I think that's kind of apt for. I think that kind of works for the episode because you know, talking about the Shining, you should never really put it in any, into any order. It just depends to see where you end up. Yeah. Um, but there's a bit with um, Wendy at the end of the movie where, very randomly, sees a guy in a bear costume, <laughs> possibly giving a bloke a blowy. You know? <laughs> I, I was a little bit confused by that. But yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he had, his, he had his bum out, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I would like to add, there's a guy uh, on the Legion pay called Darren Wilson that's used that several times with uh, uh, Photoshops to <laughs> just with other fellow podcasters. One being, I think, I think it was a. Uh, 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 one caught psyops from cinema psyops who listens to the show. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, every time I see that, I can't unsee that now. Um, sorry, Court. I know you listen to the show. I'll just give a little shout out there. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, even that is—it's it, one minute you're, you're petrified and then it kind of just chucks something like that that just gives you a little bit of a chuckle and you're kind of what the hell you know yeah I mean I don't know these obviously all these rooms I've got the hotel um, mm. printed with various different rooms, aren't they yeah um, and that's probably what that scene is trying to um, you know trying to envisage um, but over the course of the film they the, the people that well, Jack Nicholson and Wendy and um, what's the little boy called Doc? Doc, isn't it? Um, Danny. You're Danny, about yeah. Danny, yeah, Danny, yeah. They call him Doc, don't they? They, they just yeah. sort of it's all hunky dory at the beginning, and then just throughout the film they just see different things, don't they? Yeah. Um, just gets worse and worse and worse and worse until it all goes shit tits up and. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. that bit, I mean, it's like that old wrinkly woman in the um, mm. room 237, isn't it? Because <laughs> she's really fit, stunning woman, comes out the bath, and Jack Nicholson's like, oh my God, look at this, I'm, I'm in for a treat here. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes to kiss her, and oh. good Lord, doesn't she change? <laughs> <laughs> see, I think there's, uh, see, I think there's something in this for everybody to creep someone out. And that actually creeped me out the most. That's the one that sort of made me go, ugh. Yeah. Because could you imagine that? Could you imagine actually, you know, you know, kissing kissing a beautiful woman like that, you know, just come out from a bath, you know, and <laughs> all of a sudden she turns into a woman who's been, you know, decomposed. And, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm just thinking, oh, my God, that's terrible. You know, that is fucking awful um, <laughs> so for me that creeped me out and then uh, uh, and then like say you've got all the other you've got some haunting bits in here as well with you know you mentioned Danny I mean that the, the, the child actor in this um, uh, well, funny enough his name is called Danny in real life Danny Lloyd well what an incredible performance for uh, I'm figuring he's probably about eight years old I know. I can't it was, see him yeah, I was always that. amazed to be honest. Like, mm. I've not really. I don't think I've seen a film with a, a kid that young. No, no. Doing um, so well. Um, I'm not too sure what he has. He done anything since then, or is he? I don't think gone? he has. Um, I, I, I should have researched that. I don't think he has. He's, he's not like some because it's, it's not like I've seen other films and people said, "Oh, you know, he, that's the kid from The Shining." Um, but um, yeah, he's he's very you know like say for an for an act, actor at his age, the way he's put that character onto screen, you know, even with the sort of talking about Tony, isn't it? What does Tony think? Or, you know, he's talking <laughs> and he's you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, and he starts going, rah, rah, doesn't he? And he's yeah. got the finger. Yeah. Um, 
I just googled, I just googled him, and he, he was only in four films since um, starring in The Shining. And mm. but he did a, he did a cameo appearance in Doctor Sleep. Which ah, okay, right. Um, okay. He did, yeah, he was in a. Well, apparently, he was in the crowd as a spectator at the baseball game in uh, Doctor Sleep. But oh, okay. that's it. I mean, it's a shame. Oh. Really, he probably could have gone on to, you know, be quite a star. But yeah. Maybe, but then I, spo- happened, I suppose if, if, if you've done a film like this, what more do you need to do? Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, this is, you know, for the rest of your life, you can say, yep, yeah, I was that kid in The Shining. And people go, you know, most people that you talk to know about this film. Um, but um, you, the other the other actor you got in this, um, just to go for it, Scatman Crovers, who plays Holloran. And he's really good in this because he brings a lot to the table in terms of um, what is actually going on with with Danny. And you find out at the beginning, don't you, the shining that he calls it. It's yeah. A, it's a type of telekinesis. Um, and uh, I heard you mention the Doctor Sleep movie. I haven't seen that, but what I do know about it, I don't know if you, have you watched that movie? Yeah, I have. I mean... I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, I think there's mixed reviews on it on in the uh, sort of horror community, but mm, yeah, sure. I thought, I thought it was really good. good. A really good, really good story. It's worth definitely worth a watch if you've yeah. not seen it, RJ. But, I really ought, um, I really ought to have seen that before I've done this review. But I, I think in some ways I just wanted to focus my central, you know, mind onto this. Um, but what I've heard is that because this film is about past, present, and future, and it's about um, Danny's Danny is actually the the Tony character is actually himself from the future trying to help him him out and warn him of the danger. Um, ah, think. okay, right. I, I was always a little bit confused about Tony because he he was yeah he was telling him you know he was looking after him wasn't he towards the end. Yeah, um, you sort of painted this picture that I mean Stanley uh, Kubrick. Made out sort of Tony was a bad guy, wasn't he, at the beginning? And then um, everyone's a bit sort of spooked about him. But yeah, he, he was helping him, wasn't he? Yeah, um, I think he's, he, he could either be, like I just said, with either himself in the future, telekinesing himself as an adult to warn him, or it could just be a separate entity, like a spirit in the, in the Overlook Hotel that's trying to warn him. Um, but um, the other thing, obviously, to mention here is the actual director himself, as you just mentioned, uh, Stanley Kubrick. Um, this is this is common thread for him as well, isn't it? You know, he's he hasn't done a lot of films, but the films that he's that he's done um, have a certain tone or some type yeah. of message to them, don't they? You know, um, Full Metal Jacket, Clockwork Orange, uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey so he kind of brings his own sort of uh, signature to the film yeah he is uh, sort of the word is probably quite quirky he's a quirky director isn't he yeah um, he, he, you, I don't think you get films like what he's made now um, yeah it's, they're sort of a, a different almost a different kettle of fish uh, Kubrick films, really. I mean, and you could, but if you didn't know what the director was for this film and, and you watched it and you had a bit of a knowledge of Stanley Kubrick, you'd, you'd say it was done by him. Yeah. Because um, the, the quirkiness of it and the avenues that go down with it is just, it's, it's an infinite amount, I think. Well, I mean, I was thinking about this the other day uh, when I watched this and I did notice a. Um, a tie-in with the Jack Torrance character from this with um, talking about um, Saving Private Ryan um, Saving Private Ryan uh, Full Metal Jacket Saving Private Ryan <laughs> Jesus um, yeah 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 yeah. so many jelly donuts for you Private Paul <laughs> um, but talking about Private Paul when you look at his character in um, you, have you seen you've seen Full Metal Jacket yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah. When you look at when you look at Private Pole's character, he starts off as like the underdog, and then he kind of gets stripped apart. And then by the end of it, and this is a spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen that film, he is turned into 
he's almost got like a demonic face on him when he's in the toilet and he's about to kill the drill sergeant. Because you look at his face and he's like, and this is my rifle, you know. And uh, he has completely changed from when you first see him to that point. And I kind of see that as the same as Jack Torrance, you know, 20 starts out with this. And then to the end of the film, even his facial expressions, you know, it's like, here's Johnny, you know, like, going through the door. <laughs> oh, um, that's a classic, that, isn't it? It's a classic so, yeah, line. it's, it, and it's, you know, and it's the same with um, Clockwork Orange, where you've got the psychopathic um, character, and I can't remember his name now, um, uh, Dow character. But he's kind of done like a little bit of a reverse role where they've tried they've tried to bring him from being a psychopath to um, trying to get him into you know I suppose you could say trying to be a normal person with what they put him through. So Kubrick is kind of toying playing with that character role of you know development and stuff. So there's there's kind of like a signature that I've seen in his in his filmmaking and storytelling. Um, which oh, is, Al- is it Alex Delage? It's Alex, isn't it? From is it his name in um, a clock, Clockwork Orange? His name's Alex. is that his name? Yeah, it's been a long time since yeah. I've seen that. But yeah, that's another, <laughs> that's another fucked up movie. Film. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Let's not even get into that uh, right now. One, but yeah, <laughs> um, but yes. Um, but yeah, I, and the other thing, talking about uh, Jack Nicholson in this film, oh, you know, what, what an amazing performance he puts in this as well. Um, he's He was at the top of his game. And that's the other thing, you've got Jack Nicholson, um, you've got Stanley Kubrick, and you've also got Stephen King, um, three, three people who were at the top of their game um, at this time. Um, but yeah, just going back to Nicholson, it's very evident that you can see the... I can see now why he he ended up going on to play the joker in 1989 you know with his you know his facial expressions and um he's just a hell of a great actor yeah he is incredible isn't he yeah. i mean and uh one flew of the cookies nest wasn't it he was yes. fantastic yeah and I, and I think that's that's what bag, bagged him the role um for the for the shining i think um a couple of the other a few other actors that were um in line was uh robert de niro Oh right, yeah. Um, yeah, I could have seen him play this character as well. Yeah, yeah. With, um, but um, I yeah, th- I think yeah, I could see Robert De Niro doing that. But I think, I mean, I think Jack Nicholson, in terms of like the psychological aspect of the film, um, I think he was probably the the best the best pick for it. To be honest, mm. um, just because he. He sort of plays a, lo- a lot of different personalities, doesn't he, in, in The Shining? Um, and I'm not sure De Niro probably could have done that. Um, but yeah, I definitely think he was the best best pick. Well, when I uh, look at the victim, you know, the how well the film did, it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, this is it. I mean, um, you know, with Jack Nicholson. If Jack Nicholson just happens to be listening to this show, <laughs> if you're listening, Jack, hello. <laughs> uh, I do apologise, but he does come across as a slightly unhinged character himself when you look at him. <laughs> what, you know, yeah, you know, I'm just saying, it's just when you look at the roles that he's played, it, he's just got that his eyes particularly. And there's that scene when he's looking out the window in this film and he's just staring and he's looking down. And his eyes are just saying everything. And I've seen him do that before in other movies, you know, like um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Batman. Um, He's just got that sort of face that... um, And it must be a gift to actors where you can just... Use your face as an expression and not say anything, but it's saying everything at the same time and I think that's what his character can do or him as an actor can do in this film yeah absolutely yeah definitely he's just so he's just a clever actor isn't he yeah very clever 
And then um, then you've got Shelley DeVal in this as well, um, who's probably the the only character here who uh, who is kind of just going on about her business, isn't she, in this hotel? Um, so obviously Jack's going mad. Danny's got the psychokinesis, but then Wendy is really <laughs> caught in the middle of all this, isn't she? Do you know what I mean? She's like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, <laughs> God bless her heart, do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, she's, she's trying to sort of get some sleep in bed and all of a sudden her eight-year-old kid's walking up going, red rum, red rum, you know what I mean? For yeah, fucking... carrying a machete. <laughs> I mean, you know, red rum. <laughs> oh, fuck it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Oh my lord. Uh, Imagine that in real life. God. Yeah. <laughs> um But she's almost like the glue, isn't she, between them two, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's right. She's definitely that. Um she's definitely I mean, I, mean, the glue. I don't think she's portrayed as a particularly strong um character as in, in her sort of personality, but she is, isn't she? She's like the well, she saves the day essentially, doesn't he? Well she, yeah. she she does, yeah, she does come through at the end, but she is um, you kind of feel for her don't you because um, I think that's the other thing with this film is um, she 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 is the one who uh, I would say is the protagonist in this film but she she is dealing with it the way that I think most of us would yeah if we're completely honest with ourselves and I kind of like that in a film where um, most films you get a protagonist who is very strong possibly got some sort of form of um, you know experience from the past whether that's like ex-army or ex-police officer or something and they can deal with these types of situations um, but with her she's 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 vulnerable you know she's a parent so I think as a parent I think there's a lot of people that can relate to this character and uh, let's face it if, if, if you were sort of isolated in a, in a hotel like this with someone like Jack running around, <laughs> I think you would be going, "Oh shit!" You know, <laughs> what the fuck am I going to do? You know, uh, and I think that's what really sort of reaches out to people. You know, because it, it's not like you, you can just run into the next town. Because the other thing, it's snowing outside as well, isn't it? So you just can't get away. The snowmobile's been chopped up. And, mm. The radio, it destroys the radio, doesn't destroys it? Destroys the no, radio, yeah. Yeah, it's just, just stuck, stuck in there. It's well, like it was almost like last, last two years, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, this is it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, last two years in a film is is the shining. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Twenty twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, they, they should rename it twenty twenty, shouldn't they? The o- the Overlook <laughs> Hotel. Oh. Um, also to mention here there's some great camera shots um, beautiful camera shots especially at the beginning um, I think they used the they flew over the mountains of Montana um, some of the lakes and then you oh. got you got that score as well uh, yeah he wrote is, that it's really cool isn't it yeah um, there's also a um there's also a conspiracy theory with this film as well, which is the Apollo 11 conspiracy theory. All right. I've not heard this. This is interesting. Right, so uh, whether you believe it or not, did we go to the moon or not, you know, back in 1969, we'll, we'll put it out there to people's own sort of conclusions. But in this film, um, apparently Stanley Cooper, a lot of people say that Stanley Cooper actually directed the moon landing. Okay. <laughs> right. Oh my <laughs> and Lord. it kind of makes sense. With that. I don't think he did. I'll put that card on the table, but I can see why people might have this conspiracy theory. It's because he did 2001 A Space Odyssey. A lot of people say that he possibly did the same thing for the Apollo moon landing, but they didn't go. And it's basically Kubrick putting this film together and just chucking in a reference to say um, that I didn't and he uses it with a scene with Danny on his when he goes to room 237 right. and he's wearing a jumper with um, Apollo 11 on it 
end. Right, okay. When he goes to the room, apparently two three seven is the distance to the to the moon from the Earth, two hundred thirty seven thousand miles. Wow. And then when you look at room, was it room number? When you reverse that, it's basically no moon. So no moon. I didn't go to the moon, or I didn't do this, or so it's just apparently some sort of him basically just chucking that one in as a. Um, uh, okay. For well, the like audience, a bit of a, a hint, almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. I'll chuck that one in there. So it's one of those conspiracies um, with everything else. So yeah, like I say, it, it can take you down several diff- different sort of directions um, with this. And uh, the other thing I was going to say is, there's. Um, I don't think there's any other film like this when I thought about it, but I think there's a lot of films that have certainly seen this film and taken bits from it. Mm. Um, so the other film that came out like a couple of years later, which is one of my favourite movies, is obviously The Thing. Um, yeah. John Carpenter's Thing. And you still got that sort of isolation um, in that movie, which I like. I like films with, with isolation in it and a group of characters that are going, what the fuck's going on? Um <laughs> And then spring forward into that, you've also got Toy Story, which have made references right. to this as well. Um, so yeah, it's when you look at other films, there are there are other parts of The Shining in it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. Yeah, it's a it's a, a film that people probably can pick, or directors especially can pick, um, you know, bits from and and use because it's so cleverly made. Yeah. Um, I mean, how do you interpret this film anyway? How how would you interpret it after watching it the other day? Because mm. I watched it yesterday. How, how you personally? How would you interpret it? Yeah, um, a bit like how you you just mentioned it. I think it is about um, someone who is starting to go crazy over something. Um, someone who starts off normal. And certain events have led you to becoming that person by the end of it. And it's like with Jack, it, he, he just goes mad. Yeah. And um, I think I like what you said where it's like what goes on in that head. Mm. Really, you know what I mean? It's like what, what can a lot of us say goes on in our mind sometimes. And that, and that can be whether it's to do with um, a stressful situation or a happy situation, isn't it? Do you mm. know? And I think a lot of it is where you you can go, probably go quite deep with this. Where I suppose the mind is like going down corridors and going past doors, and I suppose yeah. it's, it's depending on which door you're going to pick to go into. And yeah. I think room two three seven is a door that Jack or nobody really wants to go into because if you open that door, it's going to bring up something nasty from the past. Mm. And I think. The interpretation for me with this film is that possibly Jack is someone who's been in this hotel before in the past, which is very evident to the end scene, isn't it? Going back to that picture of him in 1921, and it's almost like uh, as if he's been born again or something like that. And he's gone. This hotel's brought him back just to remind him what he's done. And yeah, it's <laughs> it's. Yeah, that, um, I mean that that threw me as well at the end because obviously when he's having a drink in the bar, yeah, um, and the, oh, no, he's, he goes to the toilet, doesn't he? And he meets the um, chap who killed his family. Yeah, that's uh, right, Charles Charles says, Grady, isn't it? I think. Yeah, a Grady. Yeah, and he mm. says he says, "Oh, you've you've always been here." And it's like, yeah, what? And then obviously there's a at the end there's that picture of um, him in the uh, at the ball, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. But I, that that threw me as well. I was like, God, how, "How can I put that in with what's happened? Is he? Is it? Is it like a? Is it a continuous loop of what's been going?" On? Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I suppose you could say that he is actually in purgatory. Yeah, exactly. Um, because you talk about heaven and hell, and then the bit in between, which is the purgatory, um, which is like he's 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 in that place where either heaven and hell can't decide which place you're going to go to. And he's he's been put into the court for the judge and jury to decide, and for him to be able to sort of 
do that, he's got to go through this again and be reminded. Um, and like you say, there's that great scene. This, yeah, that's worth bringing up actually. The bit of the bar where he goes into the room and he looks at the bar, and initially the bar's um, unstocked, isn't it? There's nothing there. But then when he goes up to it, you've got the barman, which is fully stocked. And then when Jack goes to get some money out to pay for the uh, bourbon, the barman then comes out and says, "That that's no good here. That currency's no good." It's almost as if Jack is paying for it in another way, whether he's like possibly selling his soul or something like that, you know, for this drink. Um, could the barman possibly be the sort of entity in disguise or the devil or whatever, you yeah. know, however you want to be yeah. interpret it? Um, yeah, that's, that's definitely another avenue to go down, isn't it? Yeah, that's up. right. Um, and the other thing I saw with this bar, and talk about. Um, scenes where other films are taken. I, I watched this and I thought, Jesus, this is this looks like a scene from Passengers with um, Chris Pratt. Do you remember that movie? Oh yeah, like that's a that's a good film, that is, isn't it? But I think we watched that, that a few weeks ago, didn't we? Yeah, 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 that's it. I mean, yeah. Do you remember that scene when he's sat at the bar with um, Mark, uh, was it this, Michael uh, Sheen? Michael Sheen and Michael Sheen. Yeah. <laughs> and I just looked in and I thought, Oh my God, have has Passengers ripped? A little bit of the shining because because yeah. <laughs> then and then when I thought of it, I thought actually Chris Pratt is actually um, kind of going crazy himself on this ship by himself, isn't he? You know, and it's an isolation film, isn't it? You know, so I thought I think you want something here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, because it, it's like a futuristic shining, isn't it? The uh, that film, the passengers film. Yeah, when yeah. you look at it, yeah, because um, he obviously fucks it all up by, by waking up that. Um, yeah, Jennifer Lawrence is there, and yeah, and it goes Pete Tong. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> and then I always thought there was something, something wrong with the Michael Sheen Barman character. I always thought he's a bit sort of suspicious in that, you know, just yeah. a bit creepy. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Um, wow. There you go. Good, <laughs> you stumped me there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need a moment? Do you want a moment? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just having a brain, a brain pop up. Now, I'm, just, I'm just, I've got mad. <laughs> I can always pause the show, mate. Do you know what I mean? The power of editing. No, no, no. You, know, you want to go away? Sit down. Have a twenty-minute break. Get yourself a drink. I need a whiskey. <laughs> go get yourself a bourbon or whatever. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I did, I did, um, I, uh, I did notice that. Um, yeah, so it's very clever, very clever film, um, and I don't think, even with discussions, and I'm sure many, many people have done this, or fans of this film, have sat down either on a train or down the pub, or at home, or had a cup of tea, or down the coffee shop, and said, "Oh, have you seen The Shining? It's a good chance you're gonna." You're going to spend a bit of time trying to work it out. <laughs> you know, you, you, people are going to have different interpretations of this film. Um, we, we could sit here all day, couldn't we? Yeah. Literally. Yeah. We could sit here for like 10 hours and, yeah. you know, dissect every part of that film and, and try and work it out. But I don't think you'll ever get an answer. No. And I think that's what, um, and there's no pun in this, I actually overlooked. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, <laughs> so, as a person watching this film, funny enough, the name of the hotel is The Overlook. Is as an audience, I think you can. The purpose of this film is you actually overlook what's going on. Do you know what I mean? So, that's a little yeah. bit of food for thought. So, is Kubrick basically saying that you'll watch this film, but you won't necessarily be able to sort of tie it up? And maybe that's the purpose of it, is, is he just made this clever film where the audience are going to go, what the fuck? And you, and then <laughs> I think that's very clever in itself to be able to do that and then let the audience go away and then talk about it. And you've pretty much got yourself a horror mystery, which you, know, you can dissect and talk about and try and get to a conclusion. As soon as you think you've got to a conclusion, you, another door opens up and again it's 
it, it, that's the other thing. It's almost like as the audience, you are walking through those corridors and opening doors up, and the door leads you to another room. So <laughs> that is this film, technically, isn't it? You know, so. <laughs> and the whole, you know, what it's really clever as well—the the, the concept of of the maze as well. Oh yeah, we've got to mention that. So yeah, the maze. Yeah, catch you that. Because is that like a, you know, another metaphor for this film? Like, because you're never going to find the answer to it. Like you would never in a maze. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you stuck a maze in the hotel. I mean, I, I don't know many hotels that have got mazes now. But, um, but if, I, if I do find one, I'll be a little bit uh, worried about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll be getting a refund. <laughs> I'll be looking on uh, the old dot com or TripAdvisor later. Hotel with a maze. <laughs> 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 oh dear but um yeah so there you go that is the shining i dave i can't think of anything is there anything that we've missed we probably have um, um. We, we we've mentioned the famous scene with the door and with the, the axe going through it which is probably one of the most iconic scenes in horror history isn't it you know that is, yeah that is a legendary scene isn't it um, absolutely Oh, the twins. Oh, I forgot to mention oh, the twins, yes. have they? Oh, yeah. Chanel. Um, Obviously the daughters of um, uh, Mr. O'Grady, isn't it? O'Grady, yes, that's yeah. right, yeah. His daughters. I mean, they were the first sort of um, thing that Danny sees. Yeah. The sort of, well, the first sort of paranormal thing that he sees in, in the film to make you wonder what the fuck's going on here. Um and then the blood as well that was coming up the elevator. Oh, yes, um, that's right. Yes, yeah, that's it. Um, which I, I don't really know what that means. I mean, it probably just signifies that there's something bad going on in the hotel. But Yeah, I think that goes back to um, the fact that the, the hotel has been built on um, ground where blood has been spilt. Yeah. So no, I definitely. think that kind of references the, uh, the slaughter of the American Indians. Um, in the history or whatever you know so i think that's got something to do with that right um so it's basically saying that the hotel has been built on slaughtered ground where there's um sacred ground where there's yeah blood that's been spilt um and then like i say with the two girls i mean it's again it's it's something where it's quite innocent you know two girls they're, they're dressed quite nice aren't they as if they're going to go to a party but you put them at the end of a corridor with a little kid on his, you know, and you just fucking hell, that's creeping the shit out of me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're it's just like, staring at him. Aren't yeah, they? yeah. And again, it's it's probably one of those very common things where people go to a hotel. God, you could probably even go to one of our premier inns, can you? Do you know what I mean? One of our sort of standard hotels. Go in the corridor, and how many people have gone? Oh, well, this is like The Shining. <laughs> Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think most hotels I go into, I say that. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Even oh, if it's a modern one, I'm like, it's, yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just so iconic, isn't it? It's it's probably the most quoted line <laughs> to anybody going into a hotel, like anybody sort of in a boat going fishing, saying, "I need a bigger boat." Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it, it kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny you say that because I, I actually when I was away um, the past few weeks I stayed in a hotel and mm. I did go in the hotel and it was a bit old fashioned and I did say to a friend of mine I said this is like The Shining yeah so yeah <laughs> <laughs> something spooky is going on here right yeah oh yeah. yeah I come back and you're like yeah let's do it let's do this let's do The Shining I'm like what just stay in the hotel it looked like The Shining yeah. hmm. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm glad you did. I'm really glad you did because um, sit, sitting here talking about this film today, um, I, I, I think that is I think that is the power of The Shining. I think it's a film that works really well if you talk about it, you know, to somebody else. Yeah. And I think that's the best way to try and work it out is to have that, um, you know, discussion about it and. I think that's testament to a film. I mean, you know, um, there's a lot of films out there that you can watch and it just is what it is and you go away and it's forgettable. But I think as a film director, if you create a film where people are puzzled, 
and they're thinking, oh, hang on a second. I think that uh, that's testament to the actual creator itself. You know, you've, you've created some sort of masterpiece here. Where people I think you're right. Guessing, I mean, and, you know. and people are still talking about it like we're talking about it today. I mean, mm. was this, this was made in the 80s, wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. God, 30-odd, 40 years ago, isn't it? 30-odd years ago. It's like... Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like... We're still talking about what the hell's going on with this mm, film today. Yeah, so. yeah, and I think it will just, <laughs> it will just, just continue. continue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, and the thing is, it does as a story, and I, um, it does is like a blueprint. So for whatever, as 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 decades are changing, the shining is still fitting in yeah. to whatever, whatever's changing out there. Do you know what I mean? With technology and stuff like that, the shining will kind of still form as a blueprint. You know, so. All the time, I think we've got <laughs> brains and emotions <laughs> as, a, as a human race. <laughs> it won't be long. <laughs> Unless we turn into cyborgs, I don't know. But there oh, you yeah. go. <laughs> um, oh, the other thing I was going to mention here, it's worth mentioning as well, is obviously um, Stephen King. Uh, he wasn't really a fan of this um film adaption or adaptation no no um so yeah he he thinks i mean i haven't read the book so he thinks that the movie kind of steers away from the story that he was trying to tell right um but yeah um yeah i I guess that's his own opinion on that you know i mean i guess if i was a if i was a film writer or if I was a writer and someone turned my, meet, uh, my book into me, we go, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be so, I'll probably be shallow enough to go, yeah, just throw me a load of money my way. <laughs> Do what you want with it. Well, exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, I just, I'll just be shallow. Ah, it wasn't really the vision or story I wanted, but it's made me a ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! But He's got loads of money anyway, isn't he? He must so, be loaded, yeah. mustn't he? God, that bloke, yeah. that bloke, co- he, he, I think he writes bloody two or three pages, and it's already been developed into a <laughs> film, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Most of his books have been developed into a film, haven't they? Like think... Pet Cemetery and he, um, yeah, Misery and uh, is that Misery? Yeah, yeah he's done it. Yeah, Misery. It's um, it's yeah. Uh, He's, he's uh, even the Running Man film. Uh, I think there were some of the short stories. Uh, a film called Stand by Me. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Need Needful Things. Um, the Stand. Uh, Dream Catcher, like you just said, Christine. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. He even um, he even had a go at directing one of his films as well, which is called um, Maximum Overdrive. Right. And. Uh, right. He tried. Stephen King tried to direct his. No, he did. Own. No, no, he did. He do, he directed oh, wow. his. He, check it out on um, YouTube. It's probably one of the most. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a funny. It's a funny trailer to a film because you've literally got Stephen King. It's almost like he's having a mock. Uh, all his other films, he says, "If you need to make a movie, sometimes you've got to do it yourself." <laughs> oh, dear, yeah. Is it bad? Oh no, not really. I think uh, Maximum Overdrive. I haven't seen it in a long time, but check it out. It's about the trucks that um, get possessed by again, like a type of entity, like a um, is it an asteroid goes over the Earth, right? And okay. it messes about with the magnetic fields, and it makes all the um, machines come alive. Um, so yeah, it's worth checking out. It's got Emilio okay. Estevez in it. He's like a cook. He becomes like a hero. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I mean, he he has done loads, hasn't he? He's, he's, is it the Dark Tower he did as well? Yeah, that's Dark right. Tower. Yeah, he done the Dark Tower. Yeah. Um, uh, I think, like I say, we've mentioned Carrie, uh, which is a really good film. That's another uh, Misery. Uh, that's another that's one of fantastic. my. That's probably one of my probably one of my favourites. I'd say. Of uh, King adaptations, uh, so yeah, yeah, Stephen King. So yeah, like I say, it's, it's, this film's got an awful lot of talent 
connected to it. You know, like say, you, you can read it off. You've got, like say, Stephen King, Stanley Kubrick. You've got the actors, Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall's performance, Danny Lloyd's performance, the the camera shots, the music, the tension, you know, and obviously yeah. the, the, the guessing and all that. So, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> it's definitely like, uh, if I was to rate a film, hmm. I mean, I know this is like, but you never normally give tens, do you? I'm, I would give this a ten out of ten for like, as in like a legendary film. Um, I mean, I don't think anyone who's ever seen The Shining said it was bad. No, so, no. Oh, anyone I know, anyway. But um, I, I think it's one of my. It's, well, it's probably my favourite horror film or yeah. psychological thriller. Um, um, or you, you could be someone like myself. Uh, I think if you wasn't a horror fan. You may not like this film, which is, you know, which is fine. Or you could be someone like myself who is a horror fan. He's watched it, and the shallow man that I am, you know, you know, I just, <laughs> you know, the shallow eighteen-year-old that I was watching was just looking for some dude in a ski mask with a fucking knife. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you kind of just went, "Well, what the fuck is that?" He came came yeah. back to it later on and went, "Okay, yeah, I do appreciate this film now." Yeah, I think you've got to, you've got to have a bit of a sense of maturity. I think to understand what's going on. But I mean, I'm not saying you don't, RJ. But no, well, yeah, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> never get old. Never get old. Yeah, how you doing, RJ? Well, yeah, I grew up and I like The Shining now. <laughs> Hair finally grew on my chest, and I like The Shining. <laughs> Yeah, puberty. Oh yeah. <clears throat> oh dear. So there you go, Dave. I think we've I think we've probably gone over everything here. We may have left some stuff out, but there you go. That is that's podcasting, I'll tell you now. I'll be I'll be editing this later on, I'll be going, Oh shit, I left that out <laughs> <laughs> So I do apologise. You'll be calling me back when you say, Come on, come on Dave, we need to do yeah. this again. <laughs> Dave, can you just uh, jump on and we just need to mention this? <laughs> I've got to talk about the carpet. <laughs> that was a nice sort of seventies colour, wasn't it? A nice beige mustard. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember. Yeah, I, I do actually remember those days. Yeah, it's this sort of orange and brown. Yeah, God, well, I don't remember that, but I remember seeing it, thinking, yeah. "What the hell is that?" <laughs> avocado, um, bath, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah. I suppose it was, wasn't it? It was a, a avocado with green, wasn't it? The bath, yes, bathroom room two three seven. Actually, yeah, that's what it was. Actually, yeah. So that's what you said. Well, I, I wasn't really paying much attention to the bath, but <laughs> oh no, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I did pick up on its colour slightly. <laughs> Having another shallow moment there. Um, yeah, that, I mean that's the other thing we can mention here just before we sort of close the show is um, the shining feels does feel like a film even though it's 19 came out in 1980 it does still feel like a 70s movie you know it's got that sort of 70s sort of tinge to it um which i don't know I, that's that's another worth thing worth mentioning i don't know what the hell they did in the 70s but they really had that creepy vibe about them you know yeah yeah definitely i mean so, w- was the film meant to be set here in the time period it was Made. Um, got a feeling, got a sneaky feeling. It's supposed to be set in 1977. Right, okay. that's when Not that's when the book came out. So I think usually, just looking at the setup, I would say it's probably around about that time. So, okay. Um, yeah, because I, I I couldn't see couldn't see a Walkman in there with uh, Danny or anything <laughs> like that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Was it playing on Pac-Man or anything like that? I don't know. I didn't see anything like that. So. Yeah, it was on yeah. some clapped out old tricycle, wasn't it? Yeah, which is yeah, <laughs> that's right. Which is very you know sort of seventies the way he was as a kid. So, um, so yeah, all that, right. That, sorry, just before we go, of that shot there when he was on the the trike. Mm. That 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 looks as if it was one shot, doesn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, that's the other thing. I think the shots in this are one shot. 
and uh, that's that's worth mentioning as well because the actual cameras they were actually just using a steady cam. Yes, that was one of the first films to do, wasn't it? Yeah, so you got a long shot, which was yeah, just continued. Um, and also, uh, shout out to a fellow podcaster because I've listened to his show, uh, Gav Chucky Steele from Podcast on Haunted Hill. Uh, remember him saying that um, he knows someone who's still got the actual Steadicam contract contract cage or whatever they used. What um, from that film? From that film. Wow. Yeah. So he lives in Surrey. I can't remember if it was one of the school teachers or something that he went to school with that had that. Um, because uh, the Shining was actually filmed at Elstree Studios in this country. Oh, in Bor- Borrowwood, is it? Borrowwood, yeah. So the actual Overlook Borough, Hotel yeah. was actually built. Um, I think it burnt down uh, oh, by wow. accident or something like that. But yeah, because Kubrick, he, he very rarely go- steps out of this country when he makes a film because... Um, I think Full Metal Jacket was all filmed in this country. Um, so, there you go. There's a little bit of trivia there for you. Chuck that one in there. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. Oh, dear. All right, Dave. Well, listen, um, great episode. Really good chat. Really enjoyed this um, today. Yeah, cheers, dude. It's always a pleasure to come on. Yeah, so, thanks for coming on board. Yeah. So, um, the next episode we was looking at doing, I threw the the crow your way didn't I yes <laughs> I did. so Brandon needs a crow another uh, crazy film <laughs> well yeah yeah so that'll be our next episode so we'll try and get that uh, recording in October um, so yeah there you go guys hope you enjoyed that um, hope it it may have brought something different to the table for you that you may not have thought of before uh, or you might just be shouting at me and going yeah, probably how not. the fucking hell did you miss that enthusiasts out there you know yeah. Oh. yeah I might be saying that yeah in a second he can't be closing the show he's forgotten to mention this <laughs> the fucking hell that's a bit of part two I'll probably get some hate hate mail on the old, uh, <laughs> the old Facebook group won't we <laughs> no that'd be um, my, my good friend I'll give him a shout out that'd be uh, Darren Randall I'll give him a oh, shout yeah. out for the show I always do if he's he listening to this somewhere so he'll be, he'll be chuckling right now at that so <laughs> you call yourself a podcaster I'll go oh Joe for fuck's sake <laughs> do your homework oh dear right okay guys well on that note a um, little bit of admin for the show um, I'm a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network so please go and check out all the other shows uh, it's busy on there at the moment because it's Halloween and um Halloween is a Legion podcast thing because it is a horror network. Um, so please go and check out the shows there. Um, you can find By Size Cinema on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, several other players on there. Also check out my other show, uh, is the Mystery Vault podcast. Tell you what, The Shining almost ended up on there as a mystery. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it was torn between it the two. It's it? it a yeah. mystery, to be honest. Yeah. We'll never solve it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, that's it. Yeah, there you go. That's where it's left me. It's left, left me thinking, whoa, it's uh, totally, totally fucked my head up, this film. <laughs> <laughs> um, other other shows quickly mentioned uh, so Kung Fu Dave and I are going to be doing The Crow I've got uh, Bo Ranzel coming back onto the show for Night of the Living Dead uh, the 1990 remake and I've also got uh, Boz from uh, well from Little Pod of Horrors who's coming on for American Werewolf in London so I've got a couple of shows I'll be producing for the horror month, so look out for those. So, as always, keep it bite-sized, keep it safe, and I'll see you soon.
if you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.